Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. Good evening. Uh, we've chatted about different things before, about how uh, psychedelic drugs and different illegal substances at the moment are being used in clinical settings to try and treat people with various different conditions. It turns out that ketamine is a drug that has been explored for its impact in various different kind of clinical settings. So obviously, don't do ketamine recreationally. It's an illegal horse tranquilizing drug, very dangerous. But what are some of the impacts it can have with people with things like alcohol addiction? And is there any other impacts that ketamine might have in a clinical setting? And what is it doing to our brain? To explain a little bit more about that, somebody who's been doing extensive research into it at the University College London, Dr. Ravi Das. Dr. Ravi, how are things? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? I was going to attempt to try and pronounce a neuropsychopharmacologist in one go, but like, <laughs> it's, an impressive, uh, it's an impressive professional title. Well, you did an excellent job on the pronunciation, but that's equally impressive. You're good at this, in fairness. Well, sure, look, here we go. That's the crack. So um, we, we saw some of the research that you've been doing, exploring ketamine, the impact on the brain, and the potential use it might have for various different, you know, people who might be addicted to things things like alcohol. But maybe before we go on, what exactly is ketamine, and what, what, is, what does it do inside our brains? Yeah, so primarily ketamine is a, an analgesic or an anaesthetic, which also means it's a painkiller, basically. So it's, uh, it binds to opiate receptors to numb pain, but it binds to another receptor that's um, called NMDA, which is really important in how we learn connections between things, um, and it blocks that receptor, so it can have effects on learning, uh, which have been shown repeatedly as well. It also has psychedelic effects. If you take enough of it, like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's a recreational drug, so people take it for those effects. And, you know, because it's a painkiller, it can be very relaxing, which is another reason people might take it recreationally. But primarily it's used in hospitals and, uh, as you mentioned, in veterinary me- uh, medicine as a painkiller. And as you spoke about addiction in your article, what exactly can ketamine do for, for that, for alcoholism or something? Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's been a lot of research uh, over the past sort of 10 years looking at ketamine as as, as a treatment for lots of different psychiatric problems. There's some stuff that came out of Russia about 20 years ago by a guy called Evgeny uh, Kropitsky um, who showed that ketamine could be really useful for people who are uh, undergoing treatment for alcoholism. It's also recent, more recently been looked at as an antidepressant, so it's kind of one of the breakthrough drugs of the last 10 years, if you, if you want, in psychiatry, and has recently been approved in the US as an intranasal spray for depression. So that's kind of big news in the psychiatric world where drugs development app really slowly. The reason we wanted to look at it was to, to look at its effects on memory and a lot of the research I do is based around what kind of role uh, learning plays in things like addiction. People aren't 
born addicted to drugs or alcohol. It's something that you uh, acquire throughout your life, right, by being exposed to those drugs. You know, some people might be listening to this kind of going, how in the name of God can you give what would be deemed a street drug or a class A drug to alcoholics to, to help them? But what have you found that it, it, it does with people who might be trying to kick the drink? Yeah, so um, there's a couple of caveats. Uh, one is that we're using it in a very specific and controlled setting mm-hmm. um, and specifically to target a memory process that we have got a lot of research about. And it's this process called reconsolidation, which is where your memories can become sort of briefly unstable when they're recalled. And our thinking was if we could um, block those memories from restabilizing with ketamine, we could weaken them and therefore reduce sort of the, the, urge, that, the urge that people have to drink, for instance, when they see someone else drinking or smell a pint of beer. And so, yeah, we, we conducted an experiment to look at that and found that that was the case when we when we got people to kind of destabilize and retrieve um, drinking memories and then gave them ketamine for uh, up to nine months afterwards they were drinking about half the amount that they were prior to the prior to the treatment and how long is the course of treatment um well that's the other that's the other interesting thing about this approach is that it's just a single dose so you 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 get people into the hospital and you get them to sort of reactivate their drinking memories give them a single Single infusion of ketamine, which lasts about 30 minutes, and then once they're recovered, that's it. That's all the kind of manipulation you're doing, which is very different to the standard approach, which is long-term, sort of every day taking a pill yeah. or, or lots of therapy, yeah. So what exactly then does that look like? You say you get them to kind of recall their memories or whatever. So are they they're in a hospital, they've been administered with this, and are you just trying to get them to recall like previous good times that they've had out drinking? So it's not quite as like uh, cognitive as that, really. The kind of memories that I'm talking about are a bit like um, Pavlov's dog, you know? Right. So when it learns to associate the sound of a bell with getting food, those very basic kind of learning mechanisms, kind of automatic almost, uh, are what can trigger off things like cravings and, and like these behaviours to want to go and you know, have a drink when you're exposed to a, a kind of a cue, a trigger cue if you want. So it's those, it's those associations that we're trying to break down and to retrieve those we basically give people a pint of beer, or half a pint of beer actually, <laughs> Um, and, and and show them some images of, of like nice nice pictures of people drinking beer that would normally sort of be rated as pleasant and, and evoke these kind of desires to drink, basically. And what was the success rate from the study like? So in terms of, in, so we didn't have just like who stayed abstinent and who and who carried on drinking as an outcome because these people, although they were drinking a harmful and far too high amount of alcohol, they weren't um, severe alcoholics. So they weren't undergoing treatment or anything for alcoholism. Mm. Um, so abstinence wasn't really the goal here. It was more about how much could we get them to reduce their drinking to a less harmful level. With regards to that, the success were uh, in the group that had the ketamine reactivating their memories. Um, yeah, they basically halved their, their drinking levels. And then when we kind of subsequently gave them pints of beer and showed them the pictures of beer, they, they felt the urge to drink a lot less and they and they sort of liked those liked those pictures a lot less as well. So it did seem to kind of break down those rewarding associations with those uh, images. Well, that's, that's interesting. You, you, you'll have to try it with uh, WhatsApp messages being sent to them going, pint, question mark? And just, <laughs> you know, interrupt that at five o'clock on a Friday evening when people are just, you know, stressed out and finally had enough with work. But... Theoretically, then, can this be 
I know you were just looking at alcohol, but this could, could ketamine then be used in other therapeutic or clinical settings with other drugs, or maybe even uh, you know people who might have traumatic memories or post-traumatic stress syndrome and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you bring up a really important point there. Uh, so, so this exact same process could be used to try and, like you say, weaken traumatic memories. And um, people are currently doing studies to look at that. And I think there are already some clinics, private clinics in the US, that are trying to offer that as the as a treatment for hmm. um, post-traumatic stress disorder. So anything that's got this component of learning, basically, anything that's potentially experience-based uh, in terms of a psychiatric disorder could be amenable to this kind of treatment. But we're kind of at the really early stages at the moment, so we don't know just how far we can go with it. And has there been any negative side effects to the treatment at all? Um, so we monitor neg- negative side effects. As I said, it's only a single dose. So uh, the main things we have are people feeling slightly nauseous when they have the ketamine while they're on the ketamine but our, our, apart from that there are no sort of adverse consequences and you know a couple of people in the placebo group has convinced themselves that they've had the ketamine as well so uh, <laughs> yeah yeah no it's, it's actually very in terms of in terms of drugs that are used it's actually very well tolerated and, and quite safe when used in you know in a properly supervised setting well, yeah well no, I mean, it is fascinating and this whole area of psychedelics in clinical settings seems to be kind of getting a little bit more traction now because I know it had been kind of locked down and shut down for since the 50s or 60s probably and, and no one was allowed to go anywhere near it but um, Dr. Ravi Das thanks a million for coming on and, and speaking to us here this evening is, is there any way you'd recommend if people want to be maybe catch up on some of the work you've done or look at some some of uh, the, the studies that you've published. Do you have a website or social media or anything you'd recommend people can follow you on? Yeah, so um, the, the site of our unit is ucl.ac.uk slash CPU, so the letter CPU, mm. and uh, people can stay up to date with all of the, the ongoing research that we're doing. Lovely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Dr. Ravi Das, thanks for joining us here uh, on F104 this evening, and we'll chat to you again soon. Great, thank you. Nice to see you. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.